0: Hey guys, it's Leah Buckles from Prestige Wide Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, former CMP examiner, and physician assistant. Today I wanted to come on and discuss knee pain and knee exams for your CMP exam. So what happens at a compensation and pension exam when you have a knee complaint? So we've done a series of these videos and I think they're Pretty helpful to people to kind of get an understanding of what they can expect at the cmp exam you know every medical expert is different in their approach but generally speaking they should be conducting the same components of the exam right so first of all i want to just really quickly go over what types of conditions um, are considered as knee disabilities right so there's several but some examples can be things like patellofemoral pain syndrome um meniscal tears, knee arthritis, people get rated for total knee replacements, uh ligamentous injuries like ACL tears or uh MCL tears, posterior um PCL tears, things like that. So there there are a variety of knee conditions that can be service connected. They can be connected on a primary or a secondary basis and by primary or direct, I mean you had an injury in service and that injury um, was rated, you know, right after service, sometimes it can be 10 or 20 years later, it can get connected. Uh, it may not have been documented in your service treatment record, but things like buddy letters can help support the injury that happened. Things like your occupation, if you're a paratrooper, infantryman, some of those things can be uh, used to kind of show these uh, occupational exposures, especially if you're lay testimony or personal rapport aligns with that. We all know not everybody goes to the doctor when they're on active duty, right? So, and then from a secondary service connection standpoint, we can have things like one knee is caused or worsened or aggravated by the other knee. Let's say you've had a longstanding left knee condition. You walk with a cane, you put a lot of weight on that right knee. It can be causing you to have now a new knee disability on the other side or you know, your back or your feet or your ankles or whatever. So sometimes it can be related to what we call the kinetic chain theory. I'll talk more about that later. Also weight gain, if you've had considerable weight gain. I know we hit on weight gain as an intermediate step quite a bit. So if you've got a lot of weight and it's providing excess, uh, you know, Excess weight to the joint, excess strain and stress to the joint that can also help deteriorate or create deterioration, development of arthritis, things like that in in the knee joint itself. So I guess we can just jump straight into the exam. So when you get ready to have a CMP exam, generally what's going to happen is after you file a claim for VA disability for whatever your knee ailment is, you're going to get a packet in the mail. That packet in the mail is going to tell you where you're going to report to and likely who the doctor is that you're going to see or the nurse practitioner or PA that you're going to see for that particular examination. It's going to tell you the time to show up, the plate location to show up. It will likely tell you who the medical expert is that you're seeing and will possibly give you some background as to how long they've been an examiner, what their medical specialty is. Uh, So then you're going to show up the day of the exam. So the day of the exam, you're going to show up, they probably will have provided you a packet information, possibly for you to fill out in advance. If they don't, then they may have you fill some paperwork out when you get there. You're going to go into your examination and they're going to start running down the DBQ or the disability benefits questionnaire. So the disability benefits questionnaire is a document that was created that that the examiners fill out and it, it asks or elicits a bunch of, bunch of information that the examiners are going to use. Um, they're going to write down and then the raters are going to use that document to apply it to the 38 Code of Federal Regulation and the schedule of ratings, schedule of benefits for ratings to determine what percentage you should be at. They are likely going to ask for a medical opinion as well as to whether the medical professional believes there is a relationship to your service or your other service-connected disability. So that DBQ can be found on VA.gov. All you got to do is go um, Google search knee DBQ, VA.gov. It it should pop up. And and that is the document that they're going to be filling out. So I'm going to go over that with you. And again, if you guys want to take a second to go pull that up, you can. This one in particular is a little bit longer. Most of the orthopedic ones can be a little bit longer than some of the others because there are a lot of components that have to go on with those examinations. So you'll notice on page one, it's going to just have some very basic information um, for the provider to fill out. So you're not going to fill this out. This is what the provider is going to fill out. Right. So they're going to ask what records were reviewed. They're going to ask, was this person examined in person? So for these, you really have to be examined in person. I don't really under, know a way to get around that because range of motion is going to have to be. There's a lot of physical exam components that have to be done to get the information the VA needs to rate this properly. So, section 1 is the diagnosis section. This starts on page 1 and goes into page 2. They want to know what is your diagnosis? What you know, there's a whole list of things on here. Is it a knee strain? Is it a meniscal tear? Is it an ACL tear? Knee instability, patellar instability, so on and so forth. There's like 20 some odd things on here. And then there's a block for other in case you have a something that's not listed here, you can have more than one condition marked here. So if you've got arthritis, and you've got an ACL tear and a meniscal tear, they're going to check all of those blocks, right? Then they're going to ask for the ICD code, which is basically the code that um, I don't want to get into the weeds, but it's a code that identifies that med- medical condition. And then the date of diagnosis on the right or the left side, right? You can, you could have it on both sides, right? So they want to know for the right side, when was the date of diagnosis and for the left side. Okay. Um, Beyond that, we're going to go to page uh, three. So the next question is describe the history. So they're going to ask you about the history. They're going to ask you what happened to your knee, essentially all the details that you can recall. So if you can Maybe write a couple of notes about this that may help you to remember, um, you know, of course you don't want to sound like you're rehearsed or something like that. You want to just be honest and open, but you, you know, sometimes people can freeze up in those examinations. So, Hey, this happened in 1993 when I was on a, on a jump, I twisted my knee when I landed, etc. And then you're going to go on. I had surgery in 2004, whatever the history is related to your condition. So it's asking, again, to describe the history, including onset and course of the um, knee or lower leg condition. Then they ask about flare-ups. So they want you to describe, do you have flare-ups of the condition? Do you have functional loss or functional impairment of the joint or extremity being evaluated? Do you have a history of instability or subluxation? So that can happen with a lot of different joints. Shoulders, a big one where you can have subluxation where it just pops out of the joint, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have a, you have a history of frequent effusions of the knee. So does your knee get blown up and like swollen and fluid all around it? So then the next thing they're going to do is they're going to jump into the actual physical exam. So most of that was just about history. So in the physical examination, they're going to start by doing range of motion. So what is range of motion? So they they shouldn't just be eyeballing it and saying, oh, they got 90 degrees of flexion, right? They use a tool called a goniometer. This is a goniometer, okay? It's a tool that helps them measure specifically the angles, right? You probably can't see it, but you can see that there's like 360 degrees all the way around, and then this is zero, right? So the starting point for the knee is like straight out, right? So here's my I'm not going to get too crazy with this cuz it's hard for me to stay um you know it's it's hard for me to hold both of these things and manipulate the goniometer okay so let's say this is your knee you're going to be laying flat out on the table and so this should be 0 degrees when your leg is straight because it's not being it, there's no flexion at all okay and then they're going to have you laying on the table they're going to have you bend your knee and essentially pull pull the lower part of your leg up towards your towards your butt right so you're gonna sorry you're gonna bend your knee and they're gonna start measuring right so when you're in when you're in extension as soon as you pull that leg up they're gonna start pulling the tool to measure what is your degree of flexion right or what is your degree of extension you really shouldn't have a lot of extension because the leg does just doesn't go that way right then the knee doesn't just um, go this way, right? Anyways, so they're going to measure that. They're going to measure extension and they're going to measure flexion with a tool. Okay. If they're not using a tool, there's a problem. Okay. Um, Because that's a lot of that is what your rating is going to be based on. Okay. So then they're going to go into, um, let's see here. They're going to do it in active and passive range of motion. So what is that? So active range of motion is when you're doing it, when you're pulling your knee up or you're bending it yourself, okay? Passive range of motion is when they're assisting you or they're moving your joint for you. So let's say I wanted to check my elbow flexion. I can move it like this myself, right? Or I can grab it with, if I'm the examiner, I can move it for the veteran, right? Um so sometimes a veteran can't move their joint by themselves or they have less ability to move it by themselves because of a strength deficit or because of a um you know neuro- neurologic dysfunction right if you've got some kind of um if you've had surgery and your your motor nerves just aren't working very well you might have some problems okay so this is where i see a lot of people say they moved me beyond what was comfortable for me Etc. They get very upset. So it's the examiner's job to do passive range of motion. It asks for this on this exam. So I don't think they're really trying necessarily. They shouldn't be trying to hurt you, but it's just one of the things that the VA asks for. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean that you should move beyond the pain, but it is something that they ask for. So don't think they're just trying to be jerks. Okay. They, they specified on here for them to do, um, that range of motion, that passive range of motion. Okay. They're asked to discuss, um, Is there evidence of pain? Yes or no? Um, And is there pain when you're weight-bearing? Is it non-weight-bearing? Is it pain? Like, have you said, ouch, or that hurts when it's, when you're in those uh, flexion and extension things, when they're doing those things? So it's very important for you to vocalize if you're having pain, okay? Because they're not going to know if you don't tell them or indicate in some way, okay? So we talked about range of motion. There are some other questions about... Um, repetitive use testing. Um, there's, there's questions, and they should do your range of motion three times, by the way. They're supposed to check it three times to make sure that they, you know, the numbers are correct. They ask about flare ups. Um, does does produced does pro, procured evidence statements from the veterans suggest pain, fatigability, weakness, lack of endurance. So you may not be having a flare up that day, but they need to ask you, do you have flare ups? And when you have flare ups, how, what happens? And then you're going to describe, hey, it gets a lot worse. I have times where I can't walk, you know, we difficulty ambulating, et cetera. OK, so then they're going to let's see. I'm jumping to I want to make sure I haven't missed anything on here. Okay, so I'm up on page, right now I'm on page five, six. Okay, so we talked about flare ups, additional factors contributing to disability. Um, Are there other contributing factors? Do you have swelling, deformity? um, Is there interference with sitting? Now they're going to talk about muscle atrophy. So what is muscle atrophy? So you may have some weakness or some loss of muscle in the area because you're not using it, right? So they want to ask about muscle atrophy. Um, Then they want you to, they're going to talk about the specific location if you have some, you know, they're going to estimate the amount, 10 10 centimeters above or below the knee, you know, where is it? they're going to measure each side if you have atrophy which side is worse um, is there ankylosis is the immob- is and if there is is the immobilization immobilization of a joint due to the disease so is is your knee locked is it not moving right is it immobile right um, then they're going to go on to joint stability so they want to they're going to ask about um ligamentous tears, right? and they're going to discuss that. They're going to ask if you're using a cane or a walker or crutches or a brace. Um, is there recurrent patellar instability? So this is the patella right here. So if you're looking at the knee, this is um, this right here is your patella. Does that move around? Does that slide around and become unstable? Then there's a section on the um, tibia and the fibula, which is the, low, the bones in the lower leg. That's a lot of that is going to be related to um, you have stress fractures and things like that, shin splints. Um, meniscal condition. If you have a meniscal condition, there's some specific questions about joint locking. Um, surgical procedures. There's a section on surgical procedures. Are, they're going to ask about, have you had surgery? When were, When was it? What type of surgery? Then there's a catch all about other physical findings. Another question about assistive devices. Um, This is a long one, guys, stick with me. So there's a question about diagnostic testing. Um, Again, about imaging studies left or right. Um, Is there post traumatic arthritis noted? Functional impact. How does this? If if there is functional impact in, in an employment setting, is this a, affecting your job? You know, standing, walking, lifting. Are you a painter? Are you a construction in construction? You go up and down ladders, things like that. So and then they sign it and certify it, right? So before we close out, I want to talk about um, ratings, right? So I, I'm not a accredited claims agent or an attorney. I forgot to give that disclaimer earlier, so I'm not. I'm not one of those. I'm a medical professional. I look at these types of things and write medical opinions on them, right? So for VA ratings purposes, however, and these are always subject subject to change, change, there are a lot of different diagnostic codes depending on the condition. So you can be rated for limitation of flexion, limitation of extension, instability of the knee, total knee replacements, partial knee replacements. There's several different things um, and there's different ratings for those, um, you know, and those are all in the 38 code of federal regulation. You can take a look, look at them. There's some um, really good accredited law firm blogs that discuss them. So I made this other video about knee conditions. Um, That's one of my earlier videos. I love this video. I go into really um, solid detail about different types of knee conditions. I use this model and we go over all those things. And so I'm going to just place a link to it up here in the corner I'm not sure which corner is going to go in. I think it's in this one. I'm going to place a link to that. So check that out if you want to learn more about knee pain and knee disabilities and and um, more detail. So thanks for watching. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.